the weekly weekly feed. Music news, it's February 28th. That makes it the last day of February. Why you needed that lesson, I'm not sure. Kyle Meredith at Sean Cannon. Only, only every three years. And then that fourth year... It's not the last day. It's not the last day. Yeah, three years in a row, that's the last day. Yeah. Then one one year, it's not. But but we're on one of those three years, so it's like it's not news. It's not news. It's just regular I February. Don't know. Some people might not know that. Regular February. People may not be aware of that fact. <laughs> Some people don't know. For you, your service, you're welcome. I'm just saying. Some yeah. people don't know that nursery rhyme. Is that a nursery rhyme? I don't know, but that's how people remember how many days are in what months. Can we make up a nursery rhyme? Sure. Uh, <laughs> Later. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, music news, real music news that has nothing to do with uh, February and the lousy smarch weather that we're about to endure. Very yeah! nice. Very nice. Not only did I just make a Simpsons reference, but I inadvertently tied it into a music thing because your Black Star once had a song called Lousy Smarch Weather. Is that true? That's true. I didn't know that. Yep. Check that. That makes me happy. Yeah. Go On seek that out. On the 13th day of the 13th month. <laughs> lousy smarch weather. Uh, so you can fly to uh, Seattle, get off at the airport, head into a record shop, right? Yeah, not just a record shop, but the Seattle uh, Sub Pop Mega Store. I think that's what Sub Pop Mega Store. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Which is so hilarious when you know anything about Sub Pop. Yes, it's not. I, I imagine it being in a uh, in an airport terminal. It's not going to be that mega, but yeah, the uh, Seattle Tacoma International Airport. Yeah, Sub Pop. They, they they had a retail space a while back, Did got they? rid of it. I didn't know that. Opened one back up for their Silver Jubilee, mm-hmm. and uh, that was just a short-time thing. And I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not that's why they decided, okay, so we had a retail space, you know, in the city. Now let's put one mm-hmm. in the airport. Why not? I mean, where else are you going to put it? Because anywhere else, you're just a box store. See, I completely love this story. Dear listener, you might be thinking, like, why are why is this even newsworthy? But first, uh, in, in the days when, you know, CD stores, uh, record stores, rather, are, are you know, kind of nil, uh, this is interesting uh, what, because whatever decision they uh, chose to put it in the airport, it is different. It's not just a storefront out somewhere. This right. is something that will have interaction, you know, complete street traffic all the time. 365 days a year. Right. What was it, from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m., I think, were the hours. Uh, on top of that, Sub Pop is such... Uh, you know, such a centerpiece of Seattle's music scene. Yeah. So to put it in the airport, you know, it's it's just next to the gift shop. You know, when you can pick up a little statue of the uh, of the needle, of the Seattle needle, you can also <laughs> needle. Yeah, you can also head in, in and uh, you know pick you up a Nirvana Bleach record, I guess. But I would love to see this trend continue. I, I want to see a, a Capitol Records record store. I want to see an Atlantic, you know, record store. I want Merge to have their own record say, store. I was going to say, I feel like it needs to be more indie labels that are sure. tied to specific cities. So when you go to Raleigh or Durham or Chapel Hill, whichever one has the airport, I'm assuming Raleigh. Yeah. Uh, there's a Merge store there. Or, I mean, uh, Capital would work for L.A. and they've got very famous. It would. And, and in there, I mean, Capital owned by EMI these days, or some, I forget how it actually... It's uh, one of those deals. Yeah, something like that. Somebody but, owns somebody that somebody owns. a lot owns. of catalogs. You actually, you know, for the major labels, you have a lot of selection. You, you might not even notice what's not there on some of those major labels. That's true. Uh, so something like that. You know, you pick up your Sinatra and Beatles all at the same time if you want to. But yeah, go to Raleigh, get that. Where are other record labels uh, based? Well, I mean, you could go to, if you go to Atlanta, you got the No Limit Records. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if it's based in Atlanta. <laughs> I feel like Master P is from Atlanta. I don't know if that's actually true. Uh, 
I'm t- I'm just drawing a blank on every other. Yeah, um, but wouldn't that wouldn't that be cool? I, I would love to see that trend happen, though. Yeah, if there was an international airport in Bloomington, Indiana, you could do the secretly, secretly Canadian. I guess Canadian. maybe maybe I mean, Indianapolis. They can still open a storefront, though. Yeah, you yeah. do it in Indianapolis yeah. in the airport there. That'd be perfect. That's Get on this, guys. This is uh, this is your uh, your call your call to action. Now, what would be awesome is if one company opened up all of these and just took the <laughs> record label. So it was it was actually one company operating <laughs> four various record labels. Eventually, it just uh, starts consolidating. They call it Tower. Let's let's try that. I like the, I like the way this is going. <laughs> I feel good about this. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, the uh, the honors are coming up. Everybody's been named. Everybody knows who's getting in at this point. Uh, it's been a lot of debates about Kiss. Whether they're going to perform or not, yeah, and they're not not going to perform. No, this is um, this is silly. This is silly because of two things. One, the Kiss made it in the first place. Okay, three, three things. things. <laughs> two, um, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like bury the damn hatchet. It's one sh- damn show. Who cares? Right. Three. This is a band that wears makeup. You can put anybody on that stage. No and one. We're not going to know the difference. All right. So what does it matter, Kiss? Seriously, what does it matter? Unless you have the members of uh, what's the name of that band, Little Kiss. You know the. <laughs> You're going to know the difference. Yeah, you might know. know you might know the difference if you see Gene Simmons. You know what and I he's say? Three feet tall. I say toss out Gene Simmons. Ooh. Let all the replacements hmm. sort it out. <laughs> I see. Get Ace so freely in there. You're yeah. telling me that we get Eric Singer uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. I'm into this. Yeah, s- screw Gene Simmons. Yeah, we don't, don't need him. Don't even worry about Ace Fraley for that matter, or Peter Chris. Just get all those other guys. <laughs> the other, other Kiss. Yeah, that's a new, that's a new trip. Other Kiss. Other Kiss. <laughs> other. Ki- I want to see Other Kiss tour. Well, there have been, uh, I think, more than four people uh, uh-huh. that have been in Kiss mm-hmm. other than the original. Uh, lineup that are still alive because yeah. I, I think a couple of them have died. I feel bad that I know that much about Kiss, yeah. but you know, just like every uh, junior high kid who's into comic books, I'm like, hey, these are superheroes. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, their music's really bad. I didn't realize. No, I, I think I, I'm not the biggest Kiss fan. I think you can find a couple songs that are uh, worth having fun to. Of course, Detroit uh, Rock City is one of the most badass songs of all time. I think they do have a place in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think they are important to the history and canon of rock and roll. Get it together, guys. I mean, do something. I'm not. I'm not going to give you another. I'm not going to celebrate you again after this. Look, they've been complaining <laughs> for a decade. Or more about not being in. Yeah, twenty yeah. years probably right. closer to that. Right. They 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 don't understand why they're not there. Why they can't be in it. What's wrong? And uh, they finally get a chance to go in. And you know, Ace Frehley's like, "Look, dude, I want to play, and I don't want this other guy with me." And Gene Simmons is like, "Whatever, man. Just get out of here." <laughs> you know what I say? We do. I say we put some uh, makeup on Rush and Iggy Pop, who went through the same thing. Hmm. Lots of years of campaigning. We put the makeup on them and let them play Kiss songs. I would you love to, do to it twice, see. Guys. I would love to see Iggy Pop doing his rendition. Shout it out loud! Of, I was made for loving you. It doesn't matter what song, yeah. as long as he's as long as he's spitting blood, uh, blowing fire. Uh-huh. That actually seems. I, that's likely. what I mean. Yeah. Just the only weird thing would be that he has a little bit more makeup on than usual, and also Rush would be backing him up. Oh, never mind. Can't you see Rush though doing "God Gave Rock and Roll" to you? <laughs> No, but I can see Bill S. Preston Bill, Esquire and Ted you. Theodore Logan doing thank you. it. That was good. Uh, we get an update. Uh, you know, I guess it was a couple years ago we reported on James Murphy. He's come up with this really awesome idea about soundtracking the New York City subway terminals. 
I mean, I guess it's a really awesome idea. It's a really it's weird, weird idea. It's, it is weird, but it's, it's cool. unique. It's original. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a cool idea. So what, what's the premise behind this? Do you have it? Uh, basically, he wants turnstiles mm-hmm. to uh, each give off a, a beep, a tone, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And uh, they'll all be different. They'll all have sort of this weird dissonant quality. You take them, you put them all together, and you come up with the music of New York. Yeah. So his his idea further is to say kids growing up with this, when they hear certain sounds throughout their life, they'll right. actually associate it with, you know, the terminals. And where, I mean, you know, it's such an integral part of New York. That's where you, you're growing up, I guess. You know, it's if you're true. On the subway system, so it's really going to be a, a nostalgia factor on top of that. I would seem like to take it a little bit further uh, beyond like tones and stuff to actual maybe uh, music within a certain key, not like full songs, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, something like that. Uh, but now he's petitioned. The official petition is getting out there. Right? Yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's not anywhere. I think anywhere near happening yet. Mm-hmm. But. It's not just an idea anymore. He's trying to move forward with it and make it happen. Well, I guess uh, that uh, New York City has granted nine hundred thousand dollars over the next few years to uh, update the terminals. Right. Uh, so he says, "Perfect time, guys." Right. He's hoping Let's that that's this. a little part of it. Yeah. I'm curious how it's going to work. How it's going to happen? Uh, I'm in, I'm intrigued. I don't know. I don't know. It's it just seems like such a strange abstract yeah. idea that I don't know how I feel about it. Stranger things exist in the world, and I say, let's go for it. Kisses in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> <Kisses> in- <laughs> um, uh, further note on uh, James Murphy: Have you seen him recently? Have you seen a picture of him? No. You know he, James Murphy. So he has, you know, um, I'm trying to explain his face. It's it's a little bit round and puffy in the cheeks. He's had his red hair, but now it's turning gray. So he is uh, quickly turning into a koala bear. If you Aww. look at him, he is the cutest little <gasps> DJ that you want to feed a so leaf. You are so right. He, I'm looking at a picture yeah. right now. You search it, James Murphy, and, and actually search this story because he's using the same picture for all of them. He's turning into a koala bear, and I just want to feed him a leaf for Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> Dufresne! Yeah. Party of two! What happened to the Dufresnes? Maybe you can ask the lead singer of As I Lie Dying. <laughs> Okay. That is our seg. What's the update uh, there? So, yeah, Tim Lambesis, frontman from the metal band As I Lay Dying, he, uh, well, it was allegedly, but it's not allegedly anymore. No, pleaded. Uh, yes, he pleaded guilty to- Pled? Pleaded. All right. That's, I think like it's- pants. It's one of those things, yeah. It's one of those weird things, like right. cost, costed, costs. Okay. Uh, accosted. Well, I guess, actually, that, that applies here. Uh, so, he contacted- Someone that he thought was a hitman mm-hmm. to try to murder his wife. Yes. Turns out the hitman was an undercover cop. Of course. So he got caught. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's pleaded guilty to the charges of uh, conspiracy to commit a murder. And he's facing nine years in prison and $10,000 fine, which is always weird to me when uh, the fine does not seem commensurate with the amount of prison <laughs> time. Like just 10 grand, huh? Hmm. Yeah. You'd think that that would be, I don't know, 100 grand? I don't know. Maybe it's like bitcoins or something in prison, like X amount of working off is really just this tiny amount of mm, something. You that's, know. that's a good point. It's something. Well, there's nothing that you know I, I like about the situation, but what I'll say is a lot of times... When you meet the lead singer of a hard rock, hard, heavy band, whatever it is, you know, something heavy anyway, uh, you find out it's like, oh, but the lead singer is a big teddy bear. This guy is not. You know, the weird thing about this, too, though, is that this band is loosely a Christian band. It's true. So that makes it even stranger. And if I'm not mistaken, 
I, I think that Tim Lambesis is also this is I, this is not necessarily relevant to the story, but just kind of funnier. He's also the front man, I think, of Austrian Death Machine, which is uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger themed uh. metal band. <laughs> oh, uh, so that just kind of makes it a little. So now it, a little it, more surreal. Sure, and, and you know, as I lie dying, really sounds like it could be the next uh, Schwarzenegger uh, movie. <laughs> So maybe there'd be a, yes, of course, uh, a little wraparound. Uh, you know, this I don't know. This story is just so strange on so many levels. Uh, I think that his lawyer tried to explain that he it was because he'd been going to the gym a lot, right, and taking steroids. Oh, mm, mm, like that. That explains like if you go off on somebody, right. if you're actually violent to someone. That doesn't uh, explain. Uh, months of planning, or or however long, maybe ten minutes of planning. He, uh, in his on his part, probably ten minutes, because yeah. he only gave the guy a thousand dollars. Here's a grand. If you're gonna if if you're gonna hire a hitman, I don't know the uh, economy <laughs> of the black market right. and things like this. I'm. It's the same thing with the with the fee, you know. Does it match? Yeah, the fine doesn't make sense. It's not commensurate with the amount of prison time, and I would think a thousand dollars is not commensurate <laughs> with someone who is actually good at killing people, right. killing someone quietly for you. Yeah, because like it's like hitmen, they, they don't get a buy. They don't get a buy for killing people. Hitman can get caught, also, you know, get thrown in jail too. It's not like that's a that's a legal profession. So if you're right. going to do it, you're probably going to charge more than a thousand dollars. For you know, that should have been the first the sign that this guy. Then again, maybe it's somebody he met in the you know in the back of the gym. It's like the the dude who sells him oh, his steroids right. is like, oh, right. you need somebody to kill somebody. I got I got, yeah. I got that guy for you too. Got that guy. <laughs> All right, move along. Uh, Neil Young, he is uh, much like Bob Dylan, uh, has is finding uh, different ways to write his biography. Um, the uh, the one that came out a couple years ago, waging something peace. I'm forgetting the entire title, but uh, something, something something something, something peace. had waging and peace in it. Uh, was uh, was not uh, linear, you know. Mm-hmm. Was not in order, and it's about how Dylan did Chronicles Volume One. Uh, for the next chapter of Neil Young's autobiography, he's choosing to uh, to focus on the cars that he's loved, which is an interesting way to tell the story, telling his life story still, but through the cars that he's owned and loved. I mean, I guess it's an interesting way to do it if you want to like it because it's Neil Young. <laughs> I will. Car people might like it. I mean, that's the thing. And uh, you know, someone whose family is full of car people, uh, I can see the appeal of this. Yeah. But also, as someone who is um, not a, a little dubious when it comes to the American dream, even though granted he's Canadian, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, that's so intrinsically tied to the automotive industry and to cars. It kind of leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth because, you know, I think, geez, you're one of the good guys. You should know that, you know, we, I, I understand you're trying to think of something novel and interesting and, and strange because you're Neil Young. I get mm-hmm. it. I do. I get it. You like cars. That's fine. You're rich. You can have a lot of cars. Uh, not that these will be oh, about it, the cars he had when he was rich, but my point is when people are rich, they usually have... Uh, a really strange love affair with cars because they can afford to buy a bunch of cars and then because of that cars take an inordinately large part of their lives so then they think yeah. about cars way too much well he does because he's uh, about to debut that uh, that volt thing that he's right. been working on at south by he's going to be debuting that and it is it's pretty much taken uh, I, I think you know for him it is just music and cars music and cars but the car side is also tied to the environmental side for him right right uh, which is nice naming the album chrome in that chrome sense yeah. like the good part of it is he's yeah. doing those things the bad part of it is 
why don't you make a record about light rail? Why right. don't you write about connecting cities with uh, high-speed trains? <laughs> Use your influence for something. I'm not going to know. I mean, everybody's got their passion. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I will say that um, every uh, every uh, aged rocker right now is doing a bio. Yeah. And, and you know, we as fans, we're interested in these stories, but at some point it does become uh, less special and saturated. So for Neil to step out and do it like this, at least it's like, okay, this is different. Yeah, I, I appreciate that part this. of it. Yeah. I do. But as someone who is very often an activist, I it's, you know, sure. it's just perpetuating uh, the idea that cars are not only important but integral in our lives. And I don't like that, mm-hmm. even though I own two cars. <laughs> I don't like that. Right. That's well said. I hadn't thought about it. Uh, last up, I uh, want to finish. It seems like the last few weeks we have been finishing uh, with a little bit of an uh, obituary segment, and um, something because of how things lined up. I, I did want to point out one person that isn't one of the most well-known people in uh, rock and roll history. In fact, a lot of people don't know his name, but that is uh, Franny Beecher. Uh, Franny was a part of Bill Haley and the Comets. Mm. You know your rock history. Bill Haley uh, is said to have written, if not the first, one of the very first rock and roll songs, right. uh, debatable only against uh, Ike Turner's Rocket 88. Uh, Franny Beecher did not play on Rock Around the Clock. In fact, the guitarist who did play on it uh, ended up dying two months after he played that solo. Uh, fell down the stairs. Franny Beecher was the one that uh, filled in for him. Became the Comets guitarist for the rest of his life. He died at 92, and when I say for the rest of his life, I mean for the rest of his life. He retired only two years ago. Wow. At age 90, he was still playing guitar, doing the shows as the, one of the Comets. Still going out there, still doing it. Yeah. And 90 years old. 90, 90 years old. You know, we, we just lost Pete, Pete Seeger a couple years ago, had a very similar story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Franny Beecher is someone, uh, dear listener, that you probably should take at least five minutes to uh, even just bring up the Wikipedia page and learn something about, because uh, in the whole canon of rock history, uh, he made a difference. He, he was, was out there. He was right there at the ground. He, he wasn't on the ground floor, but he was... On the floor right above that. Right. And, and, and you know, in all fairness, uh, a few of Bill Haley's uh, hits, you can hear him on. Probably the most famous one is he's that high-pitched voice at the beginning, uh, See You Later, Alligator. Oh, yeah. So, all right. 92 years old, Franny Beecher. Sean Cannon, thank you very much. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bigly feed. Bigly feed. Bigly feed. Bigly feed. <laughs>